This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. So, I have... A message from Sunday I need to finish. I have a message for this Sunday. This I had enough message apparently Sunday for three or four weeks. But I have something else that's been burning my heart today. I shared it with our staff. I came in here and God started giving me more revelation. And I looked over at Sam and said, I'm rewriting my sermon. Um, safe, Dangerous. Who wants to take a walk on the wild side for just a minute? Okay. So we're going, Pastor Don, if this is your wild side, we're in trouble. No. It's important to me that we're always ready. But I do know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk with you about something I think will change your life. Listen to me. If you will get what I'm about to talk to you about tonight, You realize what just got me just there? The change in your faces. Dude, look, you're smiling like a donkey eating briar sitting over there. Come on now. That first Sunday he came in here and he was like, he's like, looking for his knife, going to cut somebody. Come on now. If you'll get what I'm about to give you, it can take you further. It will expedite you too. Some of you may feel like, how, how do I get over the hurdle? But it applies to you too. How do you get over the hurdle? How do you get past what seemingly has affected you your whole life? Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 18. You're going to want to take notes because when you write a sermon on the fly... There are no slides. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, says this. It says, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my, what? Church. Church. And on this rock I will build my, what? Church. This is important. It says some people say uh, ecclesia, ecclesia, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to tell you tonight, based on a limited amount of preparation in this service time, that I think we have interpreted this passage. Wrong. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against what? The church. The church. So now I'm going to ask you a question. And in asking you this question, I want you to be, I want you to give me some answers. I want you to speak these out, but there's a couple of things I want from you. Okay? I'm going to say a word. And when I say this word, I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to be, try to be correct. 
You know, if I say blue, what comes to your mind? Say it again. Grass, I heard grass. Sky, rain. All right, blue. Red. Y'all, listen, I'm enunciating better than you are. Color. Socks. Somebody say red socks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shirt. Are we going in clothes? I need to move on real fast. All right. All right. So if I say cinnamon. All right. I'm going to tell you, if you get the spiritual side of what I say as much as the fact you remember cinnamon rolls. I've had like the third person make me cinnamon rolls since then. Come on now. But then we'd all be moving forward together. Now listen to me. This is important. I'm going to say this word just as quick. I don't want you to try to, if you have to try to sound spiritual, you are not. Ready? Here we go. Church. God. Holy Spirit. Body. People. Home. Prayer. Jesus. I'm looking for Darren. Is he in here? Where's Darren at? He's probably getting a a drink of water after all that singing. So anything else over here different? Church. Body of Christ. What now? Building the church. All right. Well, I'll just tell you what Darren said when I asked him this question earlier. I said church, and Darren said, I said, give me two words to describe the word I say. Church. What would you say, Darren? War Hill. War Hill. I said prize of the day. Prize of the day. War Hill. But guess what? Probably the least correct answer of all. Said the pastor. Can I tell you, I gave myself the test. When I said church, I had two words come to mind. I said work and fun. Because if you work it, it can be quite fun. But let me just explain something to you. And I tell you, maybe just leave that up there. You are Peter. And upon this rock, you are Petros. Uh, you are a rock. And upon another rock. Oh, oh, wait a minute. He said, you are a rock, but on a rock that is greater than you are. A revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Can I, can I tell you that most of our lives are messed up because we have lived our lives built on our capacity instead of his capacity. You are Petros. You are that rock. And on this rock, I will build my what? Church. So church is not a place. Church is a person. Church is a person. It is a group of people. Somebody said to me, Pastor Don, what constitutes a church? I'll never forget the young woman who called the radio station one early morning as I was on the air, and she called in and she said, I want to send, she was in Kuwait. 
She said, I want to send an offering into this radio station. And I said, wow, all the way from Kuwait. And she said, yes, I am a nurse on a, on a Muslim compound. There is no church for a thousand miles. She said, I don't know how, but I can get Victory 91.5 and you have become my church. Come on now. You are my church. No, we were not her church. She was the church in that community. God put her there in that community to be the church. Church are people, okay? When you, those of you who said the body, those of you who said people, that's really the right answer. Church is a set of people. So, if we're going to have to deal with the church, That means we're going to have to be honest about the people in the church. And the best place to start when you want to deal with people is with your self. Here we go. Here's some revelations that will move you forward. Get ready to write if you're taking notes tonight. Here we go. Point number one. If you don't really like yourself, you will never really like the church. If the church are a group of people, And you are part of those people. If you cannot accept who God created you to be, you will never really like the church. If you can't learn to like who God created you to be, you will always live in a constant state of conflict with those around you. Because the battle is not really those around you. The battle is within you. And when the battle is going on within you, you wonder why the relationships of your life struggle. You wonder why it seems like these relationships always are not what they need to be. Now, this is important. This is so important. Because if you don't like yourself, you're always going to find images of yourself in other people. And psychologists teach us that you are usually the people who irritate you the most are the most like you. If you don't believe that, try having children. Come on. As both a father and a son... I can tell you that there were things that man back there did that I said, when I'm older, I will never do that. The first time I hit the steering wheel in my car and said, you don't want me to have to pull this car over. I had to repent to my children. Because they made me a liar that day. Because I sounded just like him. In good ways. (laughs) And the older I get, when I get up, I sound just like my dad. When I get a little high strung, I won't tell you who I sound like because I'm afraid of her. But anyway... Help him, Lord. But if you don't like yourself, it's because 
It's, it's hindering more relationships than you know. The reality is the person you think caused most of your problems may have left a deposit of something in your life that you struggle with and it makes you struggle with them so much more. So if we're going to be a healthy church, we're going to walk in the power of holiness. We're going to have to realize something. I will never be able to enjoy what's happening in the collective body of Christ when I cannot accept Christ into my life as who I am. When I think I'm going to have to constantly change who I am. Can I tell you, God knew exactly who you were when he died for you. Come on now. Because yet while we were still in our sins, he went to a cross and died for us. And so he didn't say, when I get them right, then I can love them. He said, I'll take them right like they are, and I'll love them until they end up right. Amen. I can yell even when I didn't plan to yell. I never planned to yell. All right. Point two. If you lack personal confidence, you will never be settled in the church. This is important. You will never find a church who will cause you to be rooted and planted in a group of believers if you don't have personal confidence. This is so important. It's sort of like, and I, man, well, I'm not, I'm just going to do it. Michael and Frank, I'm going to pick on y'all in the back row back there, okay? How many years have you been married? What? 23 years, like the last preview service, right? Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Happy anniversary. A little late saying that, but happy anniversary. Okay. So, I remember their wedding day. I remember they had these images of what marriage is going to be like. Has marriage been what you thought it was going to be? <laughs> they both went, mm-mm. Because <laughs> let me explain to you this. When Carl saw Stephanie and his life lit up, amen. <laughs> okay, I'm helping you here, brother. All right. <laughs> Glory to God, you should have done a dance. Woo, all right, okay. But Carl met Stephanie, his life lit up. Today's your anniversary? Brother, when Carl met Stephanie, his life lit up. Woo! Son, I'll see you tomorrow. But anyways, listen, all right. Anybody got a guest room for Carl tonight? No, I'm just playing. But what Carl saw in Stephanie, listen to what I'm about to say. What Carl saw in Stephanie was not just the things that he found appealing in the physical. But he, listen, I'm, I'm about to help somebody's relationship right here. He saw something that he lacked inside of her. And God puts opposites together on purpose, but here's what happens. When you take two half people and try to make them a whole person, what happens is it actually causes a deficit in the half they did have. Because if he thought she was going to fix him, it's not going to work. As a matter of fact, 
you cannot fix them. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? All right. But if you thought they were going to fix you, it's not going to work either. So if you come into this place, I had somebody come to me one time and they'd left this church and they looked at me and they said, when they returned to the church, they said, we're sorry we left the church pastor. And I said, well, I love you when you were gone. I loved you when you were here. I love you back now. I love you. And they said, no, no, we need to tell you why. I said, I don't want to know why. <laughs> and they said, no, we got to tell you why. I said, I don't want to know why. And they said, look, we're going to tell you. And I said, well, since you are 20 years my senior, I'll, be, I'll honor my seniors. She didn't like that, but anyways, all right. I, this is what they said to me. They said, when we came here, we were broken. You gave us the gospel. God healed us. When our child was broken, you helped fight them through. I literally went and helped drag them through from the drug situation they were in. And they said, and when our family ended up on this major, major disastrous road, you couldn't fix it. And we realized that what we were lacking, we thought that you could fix everything. Can I just go ahead and tell you now, I am an equal opportunity failer. I will fail everybody. I cannot meet your every need because I am just simply a saved child of God. But they thought I could fix them somehow. And I couldn't. I couldn't fix them. All I could do was preach the word and let the word do the fixing. But they left and they said, we realized that that's the same everywhere. And now we have a better perspective. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. If you go into a marriage thinking that person is going to complete you, you're actually going to be upset with them because that person is not only going to not complete where you're lacking, they give them about six months after the wedding and they're actually going to point out where you're lacking. <laughs> Truth. So what you have to do is try to become, none of us are where we need to be. Trust me, if Christina were sitting here, she'd be like, listen to your own sermon. But we have to stop looking to the other people around us to try to fix us. The church has a right to move forward. And you are the church. But if you think that somebody in this room is going to fix every problem you have or somehow you're going to find a church that just has it all. I mean... Guys, I get it. There, there'll be places. I mean, to some churches, we're that church they want to be like. They come in here and we, they walk around and they take pictures and videos. And then I, I went to one church and they had slides shooting down into the kid zones. I was like, all you have to do is walk up and throw your kid down the slide. It's like, we need some of those. Come on now. <laughs> Something like, not good, Pastor. No, no. The kids enjoyed it. Like, woo! <laughs> Daddy, throw me again. Woo! Okay. But even if they have the biggest and brightest things, they cannot solve your problem. You have to allow God to give you what you lack. And do you know where you're going to find what you lack? in prayer.
and by the power of the word showing you what you're lacking. It's truth. Third, if you can't forgive yourself or others, should say or others, you'll always find offense in church. If you're struggling with unforgiveness about something you did in the past, trust me, if you cannot learn to forgive yourself, this inner healing, then you will always find something wrong with the leadership of Waypoint. Because it'll always be somebody else's fault why you had to to jump ship. Straight up. It's the way it is. And the thing is, we will find, and too many people never get well, and instead they move forward in their hurting processes, hurting others along the way. So if you can't forgive yourself or others, you're always, when you're part of the what? Church. Now I'm not, somebody's like, Pastor, what's wrong in our church? This was not written for something wrong. I, mean, if I didn't write this sermon for y'all. I felt this tonight. Somebody needs this in their life. You'll always find a reason to be offended in church. If you put a chip on your shoulder, God will always send somebody to knock it off. <laughs> Quote that one. You know, that's just truth. You know the best way not to let the chip get knocked off your shoulder? Take it off yourself. Here's the way I deal with it. Because I've been personally having to deal with what I feel like I have been slighted, not anybody in our church, slighted, uh, not, not respected, and I could really be really carrying a pretty good size beam right here right now. But when God set me free from carrying a beam in here, I made a decision I don't ever want that to fill my heart again. So this morning, as I have for many mornings, I was on my knees saying, God in heaven, help me. Change me. Not them, me. Because if I can, what's that word? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So if I can't forgive others and myself, he will never be free to forgive me and I'll always be offended. This is truth. Same thing in your marriages. If you're holding bitterness against each other. This is important. So here's where we need to get to. So church is what? The body or individuals or a group of people. Okay? If church is a group of people, now let's think about this. That means that church is your friends, your family, and yourself. Are all the church. Now, some of you go, you don't know my family. Let me get there. So what is the difference between, and this is the revelation God gave me sitting right here a few moments ago. What is the difference between a family and a church? Between an individual and a church? 
between a group of friends and a church. What is the difference? When you get together with your family, how many of you feel like that it's church? Can I see your hand? How many, there's a lot of praying going on because everybody's going, God, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. Come on now. Lord, let it hurry up and be over. So not a lot of you. So if family is the church, huh, but not even two of you really, really felt that when you got together, I mean, you're eating waffles on a Saturday morning or whatever, I don't know, like it's church. So why, how can family be church? I mean, when you get together with your friends, is it church? Good, some of you. How many of you need some new friends? If you want to make it church. Well, you always need to be winning people. What about if you're alone? Is it church? I guarantee you that somebody I'm talking to when they're alone, it is not church. As a matter of fact, it resembles more the world than it does the house of the Most High God. I mean, you're alone with your thoughts. Am I making sense? So what is the difference between a family and a church family? Between a friends and church friends. And between a person and a church person. I'm not saying like your church friends. I'm talking about people that are the church. What's the difference? Are you ready for this? It's really simple. The difference between a family gathering and a church gathering is not whether or not, or is whether or not, Jesus is at the center of it all. See, Jesus said, upon this rock, well, I feel the Holy Ghost, not Peter, and this whole, you know, massive worldwide religion built on the fact that Peter was the rock. No, no, no. It was the revelation of who Peter said that Jesus was. When you realize who Jesus is, upon this rock, I will build my church. What's the difference? Where? All right. Can I have one person that's by themselves? There's one person that's by themselves. Come here, Marcus. Come here. Marcus, I want you to stand dead center right there. I need one couple. I need one couple. All right, come up here, guys. Come up here. She's like, we're getting out of We need this truth. You come, come right, right. Well, actually, you go right there. You go right there because I need this bigger group right here. And then I need five of you guys. Five of you. Very good. <laughs> that couldn't. I can handle six of you. Come on. Come on. I can handle six of you. Bro, you look like him tonight. You're going to be Jesus. <laughs> How long you been with us? Uh, four months. If somebody told you four months ago you'd be standing on a church stage playing Jesus. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. 
Why? Hold on, don't answer. Why? Because I wasn't the church. Oh. <laughs> Watch this. Now he represents Jesus on this stage to these men. Come right over here. I want y'all to literally like get behind him like 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 you, like like a football like pushing the quarterback across the line. Can you do that? <laughs> All right, you can't go far. You ready for this? Let me just back up. Shame builds a wall. Regret builds a wall. Reputation. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Builds a wall. The gates of hell literally are inserted in the wall. How are you going to get it past that? Behind who? Behind Jesus. What makes them not a group of friends? Because I bet you a few months ago when you got together with a group of friends, it wasn't on the church stage. What makes them different than a group of friends? Jesus at the center. And hell starts. And what do you do? Shame has a wall. What do you do? Come on. Hold on. Regret. Y'all going to have to go down and around. Regret. What do you do? Oh, you got some, got some stragglers back here, Jesus. Come on now. Be a good Jesus. All right. Put your hands on him. Put your hands on him. Whoa, 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 whoa. All of a sudden, and a warrant you weren't expecting shows up. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Go. Go. With Jesus, hell can't stop a group of people with Jesus in the middle. Come here, Jesus. Come here, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Would you take the wheel? I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. Y'all come over here a second. Not you. You go back over there. <laughs> Y'all stand right there. Y'all have never fought a day in your lives, I understand. Right. <laughs> but hell itself gets in here. And she can tell it. And she can. And she can. <laughs> and she can tell it. And it gets in here. And before long, hell starts moving y'all further apart. And the house is divided. You going to preach my sermon for me? <laughs> and a house that is divided cannot? Well, let me tell you, if you came in here tonight, a divided house, don't try to get back together. Get behind Jesus. Because I just love when the Holy Ghost speaks to me. We just came out of lockdown. Church got redefined. 
How much different would some houses have been if they had had Jesus at the center? We would not be going through a rash of COVID divorces right now. But Jesus gets in the center. You realize what you can't do? If both have a hold of Jesus and not have a hold of each other. Because the longer you walk with Jesus at the center, the more the walls of division will fall. And every step along the way, every step along the way, Jesus is at the center. No matter who shows up, no matter what happens from the past, no matter how much baggage you have to leave along the way, as long as Jesus is at the center, the gates of hell cannot stop two people with Jesus at the center. Come on back up here, Jesus. All right, some of you go, that's really nice, but I don't have any friends. Don't make me preach the first three points over again. You can have friends. I don't have anybody. You need Jesus at the center. But sometimes it feels like you're all alone. You stay right here. You just kind of walk away. All right, Marcus, you're all alone. You come in here after working in the hot sun out there, parking cars. We love him for parking cars, don't we? You've been yelled at by three people who wanted the best parking spot, but you knew how it needed to be laid out. You get in here, that ruins your, your mindset. Not all. I'm just making this up. But he's like, I'm, I'm mature than that, Pastor. I wish I was mature than that. <laughs> but you get in here. Am I making sense? Yeah. And you're all alone, and the devil starts telling you, if you weren't out there, they wouldn't even know you. They don't see you. They don't care about you. Now, you know all that's a lie. But the devil speaks in his native language of lying. So he's lying to you. And before long, he gets a wall of defeat built up in front of you. I know this is not the case. She's probably working somewhere or something. But let's just say that Ashley says, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm done with God's house. That's tough. And you start feeling more and more isolated. You know what most of us do? We move further from others and from Him. And if we are going to be the church, we must remember the only difference between us and a world that cannot defeat the negative Pressures of this world is who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, what you're going to have to do, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost, is you're going to have to make sure 
Can I tell you what I felt like in our worship tonight? Our church, you, you have no clue the level of intercession and the level of, of, of cleansing that we've been taking our senior leaders through. And as we were worshiping tonight, I said, oh, we've been paying the price to get where we need to be and look what he's doing. And see, if you'll begin to pay the price to put Jesus in the center of your life, He will take you through things to places you can't go with halfway living for God. This is why I said it earlier. People are wanting a kingdom level assignment on a dollar store budget. You're wanting, to, you're wanting something to last forever that you gave 50 cents for. Can I tell you? I'm tired of people giving me cheap little forks and a tough piece of meat. Come on now. And by the time you're done, you've got two prongs left. I am tired of Christians living on two prongs, trying to force feed themselves something they can't even get down hardly. Why? Because they have not paid the price of righteousness. But when you pay the price, that means when sin comes calling, you don't answer. It means when it comes knocking, you hide behind the word of God and you don't open the door. And what happens, you'll find out the Bible says not only will he not leave you nor forsake you, but he, the scripture actually says he'll be in front of you and behind you and beside you, all around you. And no matter what you walk through, he's got you all the way. And hell will not be able to stop those who walk with God. Amen. So we've been preaching something. I've been looking for you all night. No, just play. We've been preaching something that says this collective body is moving forward but sometimes we miss the beauty of the truth. Can I tell you that I think the reason Jesus interrupted what I was going to preach tonight is because somebody, you ready for this, needs to center. Your life is off target. You know, I, I was going target shooting and I had a brand new scope on something and and, and uh, as I went to the range I thought it was all sided in and I, I put it in the vise now look it wasn't me I put it in the vise pulled the trigger and didn't see a hole in the paper anywhere I mean it's in the vise I, I, I can't blame me comes out that it was so off-center, I shot the, 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 the backdrop behind it from a vice, which means it's set to, to dial it in. And it had to be dialed in and centered. The reason hell is stopping you from going to the next level from achieving what God's victory he wants to put in your life is because 
You've not got Jesus in the center. You're going, Pastor Don, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I didn't say you weren't a Christian. But I know lots of Christians who are awful wild goose chases. Jesus in the center of your life. Do you know what has to happen to get Jesus in the center? Whatever's in the center has to be dethroned. If it's unforgiveness, if it's bitterness, sin of any kind, arrogance, pride, deception, it needs to go. Stand with me. Pastor Don, that doesn't sound like one of your normal sermons. Well, okay. We just kind of wrote that one together. Do you know what I probably will do? Take it to another campus. Because that's good truth that all of our campuses need. Change our hearts, oh God. Center our lives. Bow your heads with me. Plain and simple. How many of you would just testify that this is truth tonight? Can I see your hand? Yeah, all of us. One more question. Put your hands down real quick and listen to this question. Maybe two questions, but listen to this one. If you realize that maybe you you don't love yourself. You don't forgive yourself. You don't have faith in yourself. And it's hindering you from being what God's called you to be as the church. Or maybe you're so off-center, you can't advance. And tonight you want to confess that something's off in your life and you want God to recenter you. Can I just see your hand right where you are? I have people all over this place. Thank you. Put that down. One last question. You're here tonight and you say, Pastor, my life has really lived three feet off target. I've always been off and left or right field somewhere. Sort of like that little kid when they're first starting to play outfield, they're playing in the dirt and they're not really focused. I've not focused on my life and I found my life in a bad place. I found my life full of sin. And I want to confess that my need for the Savior is real. And I want him to come and be the center of my life because, this is what I'm about to say very carefully, I either want to accept his love for me and make him the savior of my life or I want to rededicate my life to him tonight. If that's you, right where you are, can I see your hand right where you are? Would you just hold it up high? Hands literally all over this building. I'm overwhelmed by the grace of God that I feel right now. All right, you can put those down. You can't touch each other right now, I understand, but I want you to begin to just pray for the person next to you for just a moment while I'm talking. The Scripture tells us that if we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, that we would be born again, that our lives would be changed for all eternity. And... Right now, we have to believe those simple facts and center our lives on Him. We're going to pray this prayer with them. Probably over 10 people tonight have already responded to this. and Maybe you'd say, Pastor Don, I, I didn't raise my hand a second ago, but I need to now. And you thought you'd missed your chance. Is there anybody else quickly? 
quickly that didn't raise your hand, maybe this is your moment. Looking all over this building, there's been so many already. Maybe you're online. This is your moment. This is your moment. All right, I want us all to lift our voices, and I'm going to pray for everybody. Lift our voices together. Jesus, Jesus. by faith, faith. I believe believe. your promises. promises. My life life has been off center. I have been a sinner. sinner. I've lived for myself. I I recognize now now my need for a Savior. Savior. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. I believe believe. you came for me. You died for me. me. And now you live forevermore. And now now I declare declare. from this moment forward for for all eternity God is my Father. Father. Heaven is my home. home. And Jesus is my Savior. Savior. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed that many of these I have never had the honor of praying with them before. The overwhelming majority of them. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house tonight. That you arrested where we were going so you could do what you wanted to do. This is the greatest work of heaven. When a, a soul becomes a son or a daughter of heaven. Thank you, Father. For everyone here who said there's something off-center in their life, listen to me, I feel the Holy Spirit is about to declare this over you. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit of the Most High God will begin to consume you in a way like you are not accustomed to being consumed. That when that thing that moves you out of the center, it causes you to pull away from Jesus, to pull away from others, to pull away from the body, begins to stir in your life, may the voice of the Holy Spirit, may it be in a way that you, even if it sounds, even if it does, if he uses a voice as loud as, as bad as mine, may you hear a voice that you recognize and may he speak to you and bring you back center and with his grace and his goodness and you shall overcome and I declare the gates of hell shall not prevail in Jesus mighty name amen and amen come on give God a praise in Jesus name amen come on you can do better than that over 10 people gave their life to Jesus Christ tonight amen hallelujah Hey, listen, guys, God's up to some amazing things. I'm so, so thankful for what he's doing. I pray that the Lord will bless you and prosper you in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.